0: This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by Four Cats Boutique on Etsy. That's the number four and cats with a K. They have beautiful book page posters that have passages from some of our favorite fantasy series like The Lord of the Rings and A Song of Ice and Fire and Harry Potter. They even have the Night's Watch vows with the Three-Eyed Crow. They also have Targaryen, Stark, and Baratheon bookmarks. You should really go check them out. It's Four Cats Boutique on Etsy and get yourself some bookmarks and amazing artwork. That's the number four and cats with a K, Four Cats Boutique. On Etsy. This episode of Ben the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen. Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Dawn of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Lady Tracy of House Faw, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys and Lady of Jameson, Lord John of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry, Lady Madeline of House Fritzel, Lady Adrian of House Dillard, Lady Ashley of House Gardner, Lady Lismolin
1: of House Morales. This episode of Bend the Knee is protected by Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lady Sarah the Unraveler. Our current champion is Lady Kira of House Arnold. Our current master of coin is Lord Jason of House Ross. Squire to Sir
0: Matt, Lady Betsy of House Hudson.
1: hello and welcome
0: to the song of ice and fire podcast i am sir matt the bud knight and i am sir ezra the watchful welcome to our song of ice and fire book club today we're into brand seven of a clash of kings yes as this is it actually this is
1: i this is the final chapter of a clash of kings my friend
0: yeah yeah matt if we're not if we're not careful here we, we might just catch up to you know. The end of the series if we, we're going our pace Seriously. we're outpacing george r, r. r. martin
1: so it's scary man <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh
1: it is it absolutely is but you know what the clash of kings is great um and then wow the next chat the next chapter right in the storm of swords boom that's when everything kicks off but yeah that might be a little delayed as for us yeah. because i think we mentioned this before but after this week we're gonna take a little bit of a brief Pause from the Song of Ice and Fire, I guess main line, and we're gonna go back actually and start covering some stuff from Fire and Blood, World of Ice and Fire, to sort of just get this stuff done because we don't know exactly. We don't, you know, at this point we don't know when House of the Dragon is coming out. We know it's coming out sometime in 2022. I'm thinking it's gonna be earlier in the year, March, April, but it could be September. Who knows? But we're just gonna go ahead and start covering some of that stuff because. It's what everybody's asking right now. Hey, what about Fire and Blood? What about Fire and Blood? What about House of the Dragon? Okay,
0: here we go. Right, everyone's asking about it. And we we do know that um, that House of the Dragon, I would say, we can pretty confidently say that it's coming out before Winds of Winter. So I think yes. we've got some Guarantee content. that. <laughs> it's like, we can take uh, take our time here. And it, I think this will be really good. If you're interested mm-hmm. in the show and you're going to watch it, and let's be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to watch House of the Dragon. We're all going to watch it. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have our Bannerman on uh, live. That's been a great thing. Now that we have um, another um, feature, we use StreamYard, we can just pop you guys right in for some live stuff after the show, like that you know, beyond the actual feed. So we want to get folks ready in terms of what happened during the Dance of Dragons. What are the deviations from the the source material and where and which are they showing us maybe more than what Martin did or, or filling in the gaps that he left? So it's important for us to go back and kind of refresh our, our, memories a little bit with, um, with some of those names and what the houses are doing and, and things like that. And by the way, we have a great video over on our YouTube where you guys can go check that out. And we will be on gray area. Uh, just a heads up for, for that. We'll be on talking about, I think mm-hmm. we we're talking about that. The, the uh, houses. Um, yes. I yeah. actually did a video on that
1: uh, on our YouTube, by the way, maybe I'll sh- it's, it's a little bit shorter, but yeah, um... I could maybe just release that on the podcast. I know it's shorter, but just so that way. Because I know some people just listen to the podcast. Some people mm-hmm. just watch YouTube. Um, so perhaps I will do that as well. But uh, yeah, just sort of going over what's going on in each of the houses, right? Yeah. During yeah. during House of the Dragon. Because uh, there's definitely a lot of interesting things in that. We're going to see a lot of new houses we're not as familiar with. And, right. you know, like House Valerian. Mm-hmm. They're not in. We don't really see them in... Song of Ice in the main A Song of Ice and Fire, you know, Game of Thrones sort of theory or uh, right. books, I should say. So it's going to be it's it's cool to sort of go through that. Then there's some weird oddities like the Tully's. You got Oscar. Right.
0: You got Kermit. You got Elmo. God dang, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> Are they keeping those names? Well, wait, we can talk about I that hope later. So. I, I, I hope so. I,
1: too, I, I don't know. I I don't know. Sir Kermit.
0: Lord Kermit. Uh, you know, God, well, anyways, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so also wanted to mention, so I, I told Sir Matt before we started this, that I just did, you know, I don't normally type in normally Sir Matt keeps me up to date on the news and what's going on. He sees, he sees stuff all over the Matt. I call myself Sir Ezra the watchful, but really I think we need to switch titles because Matt's always checking the reddits, the news sources, all these things. But I did a quick Google search here just to kind of see what we have. And the first four articles pop up here. I'm going to read. The, I want to read the titles of, of these right two ahead. read them. So 16 hours ago, Game of Thrones author hasn't revealed who wins iron throne in the books. <laughs> this is screen rant talking about the fact that George R. R. Martin has not actually revealed who wins the iron Thrones uh, Iron throne in the books. And I'm like, well, you know, did they, did they change that? I mean, sorry, this is just some funny stuff. So also um, 21 hours ago, George R. R. Martin worried game of thrones wasn't following quote his template okay this is all breaking news right um (laughs) let me see it's It's so crazy dude um let's see i mean i don't what do we have to do
1: to get a job to work at screen rant? and i will go and i will go on record and say that there are a bunch of amateurs over there and because literally all they do is just post sort of clickbait stuff that's like it's like not even news, you know? I don't know. Right, right. Maybe we no, should get no. on that. I mean, it seems like there's probably I, good money in it. Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm clicking, I'm clicking on it. Yeah,
0: I'm clicking on well, it. So Captain maybe it's...
1: fate himself, so I mean...
0: Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, a yeah. cow. Uh, and the last one here, this one kind of leads us into just a, a little uh, plug here for the Matinez um, Media Network, uh, you know, our, our empire. Um, but this is an, an article from Entertainment that says, these shows are battling to be the next Game of Thrones um they have listed at the top at least they have this the wheel of time is listed yes. there at the top uh his dark materials don't know much about it um haven't seen it uh the witcher is in there at number three shadow and bone which um, i did watch it was pretty cool carnival uh row carnival row don't really i've heard know. of
1: that but i haven't seen it
0: yeah i haven't seen it either um and so yeah then there's a couple other ones i've the nevers uh, i don't know um, yeah, anyways, and, and, and they have even put the MCU in there. So I- anyway, I just thought it was interesting. Uh, Wheel of Time is doing a great job, by the way. If you are interested in that, I know a lot of our, our listeners here went over and followed Heroes of the Horn, and uh, we're having a lot of fun. It's just current right now, so I wanted to mention it. If you're into it, it's uh, out there on Amazon, and our podcast is, is covering it, uh, as well as our YouTube channel great fun been a lot of fun and i appreciate everyone from bend the knee who did come over and has been hyping us up in the chat because that's that's pretty awesome to see some of those familiar uh faces voices you know pop over there
1: yeah absolutely yeah as you said it's a ton of fun uh doing that as well and just uh plug it again just why not because we're at the top of the show and i did also start a harry potter podcast
0: let's go called
1: called the elder wand uh you can check that out all you know your your standard places it's pretty easy to find Uh, and, uh, going through that as well. So as, and I literally at this point, we just do, it's like outside of our nine to five jobs. It's just content, content, content.
0: It's great, man. I don't see anybody. I love it. I literally don't either. I (laughs) have now even gone to like, so I ordered Chipotle today and I ordered some coffee and I was talking to Lottie and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't want to see anybody. Like I'm, I'm going out. I'm, I'm hoping to duck in the store, grab my, or duck in there, grab my bag. Roll out, get my coffee. Roll out, and I don't talk to anybody because I got to get back so I can make some content. You know, got some editing to do because we love it. We love having fun with this kind of thing, and it's just like it brings up like the Elder Wand brings up some really good memories. We had those first couple episodes have been freaking hilarious. And hey, by the way, today I competed in the House Cup, the Christmas at Hogwarts House Cup in the Wizarding World uh, situation over there. So I had Lottie on, and we did like our our whole thing. It's just fun. I'm I'm a total nerd, and I've always been. A nerd you know and i just love embracing that i hope i want more people to feel comfortable doing that you know just talking to friends people at work just entertainment books stories all of it. it's just it's fun so yeah absolutely yeah um okay well as um so
1: we're not really don't we really don't have a raven for later today because we're just going to kind of do i think a recap of a clash of kings it's just sort of what we liked, what we didn't but let's go yeah. ahead and dive into uh the chapter here so jojan wakes bran from a wolf dream and warns warns him that he's spending too much time as summer and that uh, while the wolf eats in the dreams bran does not bran informs them that winterfell has been burned to the ground and it's all ash except for the stone walls they have been hiding in the crypts for all this time trusting bran's vision they decide it is now safe to come out of hiding Hodor moves a massive stone blocking uh, off the door of the crypts and they indeed find Winterfell in ashes. They find several of Theon's Ironmen dead along with men bearing the badge of the Dreadfort. The dire wolves rejoin them and lead them to Maester Luwin who lies near uh, death in the godswood, uh, which is still largely untouched. Jojen says there is power in living wood, a power strong as fire The Maester is thankful that the boys are still alive, although he knew that Theon had killed the Miller's boy from their looks, but had never revealed his knowledge to Theon. Maester Lewin admits that he is dying and provides his last advice. He tells Osha not to send the boys off together. Uh, They are Rob's heirs and they must be separated. Osha asks him where to bring the boys, but Lewin is unsure. With the Iron Men to the west, the Bastard of Bolton to the east, and war everywhere, each man against his neighbor and winter is coming. Such folly, such black mad folly. maester Lewin tells Bran to be strong that he is his father's son, and then asks a boon of Osha. And the wildling woman sends the others away. When she returns it is decided that Bran will go north in search of the crow with Jojin, Mira, Hodor, and Summer, while Osha will take Rickon and Shaggy Dog south, perhaps to White Harbor. As Bran looks upon Winterfell, For perhaps the last time, he thinks to himself, the stone is strong, the roots of the trees go deep, and under the ground, the kings of winter sit their thrones. It's not dead, just broken, much like Bran himself.
0: Yeah. Well, this chapter, the crazy thing is, it's not really like... um, So Bran has this this, uh, premonition, if you will, and his, his dream earlier about the 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 attack that would happen here at Winterfell and so we get to see he, he comes out here and this is he sees the whole thing I want to just we're gonna uh we're gonna get to this point we'll go through it chronologically but I want to mention one line that comes up later it's Jojen every time Jojen comes up I ask myself can can we trust him why do we trust him so much does he actually become paced later on all these different things right but he does say something interesting in this chapter and I, I will we'll get to it here in a little bit but I'm gonna read it for you right now So he says, there is a power in living wood, a power strong as fire. And it's like, so we're going to get to like the God's wood and, and all of this. But again, this is George. I feel like in this chapter drops a lot of different lines about iron, about powers, uh, about Hodor, like there's tons of little tiny things in this chapter that allude to stuff that happens later on, which Mm -hmm. is great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah this chapter isn't very big um it's not it's not a very big uh, chapter uh to be to begin with but yeah as you said there is quite a bit um i'm trying to i'm gonna, gonna fold it up here i know there's a part where hodor oh, so for starters yes bran a voice uh, was whispering softly bran come back here come back now bran bran he closed his third eye and opened the other two the old two the blind two In this dark place, all men were blind, but someone was holding him. He could feel his arm, he could feel arms around him, the warmth of a body snuggled close. He could hear Hodor singing, Hodor, 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 quietly to himself. Bran, it was Mira's voice. You were thrashing, making terrible noises. What did you see? Winterfell, his tongue felt strange and thick in his mouth. One day, when I come back, I won't know how to talk to any, uh, I won't know how to talk anymore. It was Winterfell. It was all on fire. There were horse smells and steel and blood. They killed everyone, Mira. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting... One day when
0: I come back, I won't know how to talk anymore. And 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 we see in the show. I don't know. Again, like that's he comes back and really doesn't say much, does he? No. I mean, that's a showism. If you call it what you want, I know you guys don't like that. We some people don't like that we that we bring up the showisms, but I mean. Right, there's a line in the text that somewhat correlates to what they showed us in the show, which was somewhat uh, derived from what George R. R. Martin said would happen. You know what I mean? So interesting, I guess. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: One day when I come back, I won't know how to talk anymore. You know, that's a line that I don't really see thrown around Reddit or anything. Um, Is it just because he's going to become the crow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just. Yeah, or it is it a good. reference to Hodor, who's mentioned a few lines before? Because Hodor
0: does it not at all. Oh, he is too. God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are connected. Yeah, that's interesting. He does because there's there's a whole bit too where he and Hodor every time he he goes inside, skin changes or whatever, or slips inside of him. It's like he almost is becoming, like their thoughts are are intermingled. Hodor, Those are theories, right? he
1: could hear hodor singing hodor 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 quietly to himself brand it was mira's voice you were thrashing making terrible noises which is the same thing hodor was doing all right which again is only in the show but i mean that of all of the things i mean is anybody i would love to hear actually people who are only book theorists what it, what 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 do you think happens to hodor do you like is that? Is there any possibility that it goes in a different direction?
0: Because I'm in the saying show. no. In the show, no. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there. I think there'll be more details, right? For sure, we'll get something about because um, there's a lot of people theorizing that Hodor has feelings towards Mira, or it was Bran in Hodor that caused some of those feelings. There's a whole theory about what's happening in the cave, and or when they were. Um, you know, anytime he's tried to rescue her in his in Hodor skin, so there is some sort of residue like essence residue left over, maybe happening it, it seems like because it seems like you can lose yourself a little bit or um varamir talks about it when you're when you're skin changing some of the dangers like losing oneself almost in other animals or beasts, and then the dangers of of slipping in with someone else who has a mind a soul and a body right and and occupying that same space is dangerous and what are the long-term consequences and effects of that maybe george r. r martin will give us more of that in uh winds of winter maybe
1: right i'm you know uh, um as i'm gonna real quickly while while you're mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna go see if i can we'll find yeah. theories hodor theories from like 2012 and stuff well before yeah. the show affected. See, it
0: see, see if anybody had it yeah okay um yeah you go do that because the next bit here is uh, essentially we have um, Jojen just talking Brand through the idea that uh, that he's been with Summer, been with Summer too long. You'll starve yourself. Mira dribbled a little water down your throat, and we smeared honey on your mouth, but it was not enough. I ate. Brand said we ran down an elk and had to drive off a tree cat that tried to steal uh, that tried to steal him. So the wolf ate, Jojin says, right? But you're not taking care of yourself. You have to remember who you are. Um, he remembered all too well. Brand the boy, brand the broken. Uh, better brand the beastling, he was thinking to himself. So he's struggling with this. He almost is prone to wanting uh, to be taken away or uh, enveloped into a dire wolf, or later on, could be Hodor, all those things. Because we're going to talk about how here in a second Hodor is is the only one who can lift this iron uh lock or this this lever this gate to get them out but yeah here we go um, here's a hodor theory from seven
1: uh when was this seven years ago so that would be what uh uh, 14 minus seven so 2014 okay yeah so the episode aired in 2016 so i just wanted to make sure i had my math right so this is the this is a top uh, theory on the Search of Ice and F- the Song of Ice and Fire subreddit, which is where you know there's a lot, most the best place really to go for any sort of theories. Bran will discover a way of unleashing Hodor's intellect intellectual um, potential as his own warging abilities grow and he taps into the mind block that keeps Hodor simple minded, as a traumatic incident from Hodor's past or deliberate curse placed on the man child. Wow, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Other theories include Hodor is faking it all along. Hodor will be captured and carried to the lands of always winter in the arms of an other where he will be touched by the Night King and transformed into a, you know, into a blue eyed monster. Hodor is the name of the great other and Hodor is not mindless, mindlessly verbalizing, but is inadvertently thwarting Melisandre's attempt to keep the name under wraps. I mean, this is like ridiculous. Wow. Hodor is the name of one of the old gods. (laughs) <laughs> so these yeah. are these were some of the theories
0: before mm-hmm. the show before the show before the show so no one had any idea right i mean who no, would? no clue no clue. Right. matt there's no freaking way and i think again this is george's come out and talked right that yeah this that's he gave a lot of those details on on the hodor event to the ned show, once right? confided in hodor about
1: r plus l equals j <laughs> i mean wow
0: like, i mean
1: wow I mean, these are some these are these are some pre theories. And I think I would I think I think it's pretty safe to say that even though it's a showism, Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty safe to say that. uh, Yeah, we're all 100 percent on board with that being a thing.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's something that you can't really mess up. I mean, to explain Hodor and his name and how that all goes down if you did it any other way, it just would be like, so what was the point of that character? It just doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't land. If you don't do it the way George wants it done, which is, I think a bit, again, the big gripe. And I understand totally that a lot of things that happened in season eight were not done the way he wanted them done. They, they had, you know, he hasn't done them himself yet, but he has an idea of how they're going to land. And they tried to pull it off differently and it doesn't work because, in the text, it's not there. There's nothing to back it up, which is why it's unfortunate. I know people get upset with the whole Danny going mad, but there's tons of stuff about the tinking, the, the the bells and the fire and um, right, all that stuff is there is textual evidence for it. So that's what we try to do is we look and we say season eight. Here's what happened: Arya killing the Night King. I don't know if I see uh, a lot of evidence for that. Uh, John just bring, being brought back to do what to kill Danny. I mean. If, you know, I mean, that that kind of stuff, I don't really know. We don't have enough in the text to really support any of that. And we don't really know if that's just all showism. Is that just all the show and not really George R. R. Martin? That's what makes it tough. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and I'm just looking here to see anything else about it. But from everything I can ever, I mean, it seems like this is one where the show, I think, has pretty much convinced most people. Because but, there's tons of book evidence to support it, and I we actually did a full podcast on that where we break down all of the text.
0: Oh, all the hold the door, and it's references. like it's
1: all, there's like there's so many it's references an insane of carrying brand through and, doors. Like and this one, every he opens time,
0: the door, right? I mean, yes, yes. 100%. Like he's the only one strong enough to open the door. He's also the only one strong enough to hold the door. Um, yeah, all all of that is. Yeah, there's tons of evidence for it. So here's something with Jojen. Just while my mind's so you're thinking yes, about the show. Yeah, that's fine. We can like, no,
1: we can we can shift gears to Jojen. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah. So I, I guess my question for you, Matt, is when you know in the book we don't know. We don't really know his like the show. What did the show do? Did the show just let him? He just died. Did he even? Was he just gone? I don't remember what exactly happened to Jojen in the, in the Jojen. He dies. He just dies. He dies. He, he dies. he dies. He dies on the outside um, the cave or outside. Inside?
1: Outside, there's like a. They're like kind of on on like a. There's a little path as as there's like a, I can't remember if they're on a lake or yeah. It's kind of just a field, um. And they're trying to get into the cave and then remember Leaf shows up and they and she helps them destroy some of the, uh, the other the whites that are chasing after them.
0: Right. Okay. Cause Jojen's
1: oh. like in, Jojen's injured at that point. I don't think Jojen right. even makes it into the cave
0: in the show. Holy smokes. I'm watching it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Brand gets in the freaking little children are there. I think they, I think, I think they just like, you have to leave him. He's and lost. Come with out. me or die with him. Yep. Yeah. Go, and he says, go with them. Yeah. Okay. So, all, all right. All right. All right. Matt in the book, he makes it in, right? So he, he makes it into the cave. He's doing his own thing. I feel like there's got to be more. He's such a character of wisdom and knowledge and, and helping take Brand to see the three-eyed crow that there has to be some reveal where he's either been duped, he's been tricked, and he's like shocked by that, or he just is like, does he? Know? He's not all knowing. You know, Jojen is just kind of like he knows certain things and he believes them to be true and he gets there. So like if, if he, if he's seen his own death and he sees, this is not the time or not the day that I die. And he knows how he dies. There needs to be some shock in that. Like, it, I don't know it mean, was, this his only purpose is just to, he's just accept his fate to just go he's up the there. Heir- and- he's 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 Hey man, he's the heir to house Reed. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that line will be ended unless uh, it depends on who how Mira really is. Right. But I mean, and if Hallen is still alive, Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think that'll also be something that really goes differently. I think uh, people are already speculating in the book that Jojen is already dead. They believe he's just dead in the cave. And I'm like, come on, there's got to be more to it than than that. He's just found dead or he's found chopped up in a soup or something crazy. This is crazy, You know. Yeah. The Jojen Pace stuff. Man, I don't know, That just seems weird. It seems weird to me. But seems then weird. again, I don't know. Yeah, it seems weird. I feel like we need to talk to him and there needs to be one last sort of thing uh or a shock on his face where he's been some people don't think he is tricked he's just he's a servant of the three-eyed crow and he's taking him to where he needs to be but yeah i don't know that's all that gets into all the three-eyed crow stuff and whether or not brandis actually should trust the three-eyed crow or all those things so
1: um yeah okay so we'll continue on here again this chapter is incredibly short uh to be entirely honest Um, But I do have uh, a few things highlighted here. So as you sort of said in the summary, right, Hodor, hey, man, Hodor can move anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. Osha gave uh, to the huge table boy an appraising look. might be he can. Um, The the steps were wide and narrow, so they had to climb. Osha led. Behind came Hodor with Bran crutch low on his back so his head wouldn't hit the ceiling. Mira followed with the torch. Um, Around and around they went up. Bran thought he could smell smoke now, but perhaps... That was only the torch. The door to the crypt was made of ironwood. Uh, it was old and heavy and lay at a slant to the ground. Only one person could approach it at a time. Moshe tried um, once more when she reached up her brain could see that it was not budging. Let Hodor try. They had to pull Bran from his basket first so he would not get squished. Mira squashed, uh, squatted beside him on the steps. Open the door, Hodor. Brand said. The huge table boy put both hands flat on the door, pushed, and grunted. Hodor. He slammed a fist against the wood, and it did not so much as jump. Hodor. Use your back, urged Brand, and your legs. Um, again and again, he pushes, and then he starts really getting into it. He's like, he's you know, starts like real. Hodor. 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 From above came a dry rumble, then suddenly the door jerked upward um, and a shaft of daylight fell across Bran's face, blinding him for a moment. Another shove brought the sound of shifting stone and then the way was open. Osha poked her spear through and slid it out uh, after it and Rickon squirmed through Mira's legs to follow. Uh, Hodor shoved the door open all the way and stepped to the surface. The reeds had to carry Bran up the last few
0: steps. Yeah. So he's open, he's open the door getting, yeah, he's he's taking them out. I mean, it's sort of just when you think about the end of Hodor, like this is one of those moments where he's taking them out of a dark, shadowy, cavernous place. He's opening the door and later on he'll hold the door. It just seems like George right there is is doing um, something. Now, also, we, we mentioned, I remember when we were going into like the Crypts of Winterfell, this chapter comes up quite a bit because there are things, you know, when the shadows moved, it looked for an instant as if the dead were rising as well. The dead, meaning these stone statues with their stone direwolves and the swords that are laid across them as well. So that became a, a bigger piece um, as people theorized as to what's going to happen with the crypts and how much further there's a, there's a block at the back that you can't really get through. Um, and there's this whole... You know, just yeah, this whole bit that is, they, they they list off all these different lords down here that could rise or whatever, and that there was warmth that had seeped out of their bodies. It's, it felt like that, right? This was a dark hall of the dead where the living feared to tread. Um, You know, George George mentions all these different things about the dead feast, like the dead feasting in Winterfell and all this stuff. It's all somehow connected. Who is invited to that feast? Who's seeing the dreams? Who's not seeing them? is all a part of it as well so yeah the crypts of winterfell are interesting that iron uh the ironwood gate or the door right is important because iron and it being something that could possibly be a ward or a stopper to whites or something
1: uh yeah potentially
0: yeah yeah
1: uh also the ironwood trees goes uh ties into um the what is it? House Yon iron? Ro- what is the what is that house from the, yeah. the video game?
0: Because I I think, yeah, they're
1: is it how I played it? It's on the Game of Thrones. There's a Game of Thrones video game, and they basically turned it into an entire thing. Right. All the
0: decision making and stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see. Here is the Ironwood Long Swords, the Starks. So the Starks traditionally placed an iron uh long sword on the lap of each statue of the lords of winterfell within their crypts this was said to keep vengeful vengeful spirits uh in the in the crypt house forester is there forest yeah. yeah
1: yeah house forester they were basically created for this video game but their story is really cool mm-hmm. uh and the game is super cool it's unfortunate that it never got a second they call it a season um uh, and most of that has to do with uh, Telltale. I think uh, I think ultimately they ended up shutting down, unfortunately. But they made really really cool games. Um, yeah, they went defunct in 2018. So unfortunately, they didn't get a finish. But they did like Walking Dead games and stuff like that. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. But they did one ge- version of this, and uh, it's really cool because it's, it's this game, and you go through and you sort of pick uh, your given decisions, and every decision you have makes like something else go forward um like the decision will be important later but yeah so house forester is who they are and they're they're basically the house that sort of mines or they don't mine but they craft the ironwood trees and Mm -hmm. that's sort of what that's sort of their uh what what they do and their source of income and then ultimately ramsey bolton comes and again none of this is canon whatsoever but it's just sort of an interesting uh thing. Uh Ramsey Bolton comes and basically kills uh you know one of the, the youngest Forester who's like serving as the right who's, yeah. who's serving as 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 the as a liege lord there for a second. And their house is in total disarray. A lot of it kind of follows the Starks but it's really cool and it's a really fun story and I think you can get on Steam or PlayStation for Xbox whatever for probably incredibly cheap and it's definitely worth playing because it has yeah. as voice acting from the uh, actor like Harrington, leon hetty everybody everybody reprises their their roles for this
0: that's really cool like that makes it seem peter
1: dinklage yeah, yeah. i mean every amelia clark natalie dormer everybody that, that, that
0: means it's canon to me buddy that's yeah. like a can. that's like a that's funny um, iron
1: from ice which is house foresters wow. but they serve the
0: starks and so the
1: game takes the game starts after um it starts at the red wedding mm-hmm. that's like the opening scene and
0: yeah 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 uh yeah and that's uh, we mentioned that you said there there is a lot of in- mention of ironwood um around and a then, lot yeah north of the wall and everything too so uh, okay so once we get out uh we get out rick and is wanting to go home they're all kind of like disoriented brand knows that it's light out as well he knows that it's just smoke that they're seeing so winterfell is burning that's something to keep in mind is that it's it's been um the castle's dead and burned just as brand dreamed but we had best she broke off suddenly at a noise behind them and whirled with her spear at the ready two lean dark shapes emerged from behind a broken tower padding slowly through the rubble rickon gave a happy shout of shaggy And the black dire wolf came bounding towards him. Summer advanced more slowly, uh, rubbed his head against Bran's arm, and licked his face. We should go. So much death will bring other wolves besides Summer and Shaggy Dog. Not all um, on four feet. What? Not all on four feet. Other wolves? Jojen, something's up, Matt. He's in in an awful hurry to get Bran out of there and to get him moving in the direction that he wants him moving, Okay. How do we know that someone couldn't have showed up here and, and spirited him away and things have been okay? Actually, I don't know. There's just let me when we get to the Maester Lewin stuff. i I'm, I'm gonna bring up something here too. So let's let's just go ahead and dive into it. Again, this isn't the chapter's
1: not very long. So yeah, Maester Lewin, and I think we did something about this a while ago, but Maester Lewin ultimately we decide it was our Skaggot, we did a Skagos discussion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is they decide, take the boys. Jojen and Mira led Rickon out between them. Hodor followed, low branches whipped at Bran's face as they pushed between the trees. Um, Hodor must stay with Bran to be his legs, the wildling woman said briskly. I will take Rickon with me. We'll go with Bran, said, um, said Jojen Reed. I, I thought you might, said Osha. Believe, I'll try the East Gate and follow the King's Road a ways. We'll take the Hunter's Gate, said Mira. Hodor said, Hodor. They stop at the kitchen, get a little bit of food um where will we go to your lord father bran asked uh, to graywater watch mira looked to her brother for the answer our road is north Jojen announced at the edge of the wolf's wood bran turned uh, in his basket for one last glimpse of the castle that had been his life um, and then, and then, basically, the final line is: "The stone is strong." Bran told himself. The roots of the trees go d- deep and under the ground. The kings of winter sit their thrones. So long as they remain, as those remained, Winterfell remained. It was not dead, just broken. Like me, he thought. I'm not dead
0: either. That's the final line of yeah. Clash of Kings. Matt, Matt, Matt. Let me say something real quick about Maester Lewin. All right, let's give him a shout out here because. With his dying uh, breath and thoughts and whatever, he is serving House Stark, and I think it's amazing. Like he just seems like the like of all the maesters, he's got to be our favorite, right? He's just he's awesome. He's he's thinking through his mind. Serwin's boy dead. Sir Roderick, uh, Tallheart, Lady Hornwood all slain. Deepwood fallen. Moat Kalen gone. Uh, Torren Square. Ironmen on the stony shore. And east, the bastard of Bolton. Then where? White Harbor. The Umbers, I do not know. War everywhere. Each man against his neighbor. The winter coming. Such folly. Such black, mad folly. And um, you must be strong now. Strong. I will. Uh, Sir Roderick killed Maester Lewin. Everyone, everyone. Uh, good. A good boy. Your your father's son, Brand. Now go. I mean, it's just like, dude. Uh Man, he, he Mira. Or he asked, he asked uh, Osha to kill him. I mean, it's just like to end his pain, give him the gift of mercy. It, it, it is something else. But he's thinking, just split them up. Now, where I wanted to go with the Jojen piece is, he didn't say take him to the three-eyed crow. All right? He didn't say that. Jojen just does what he, Jojen thinks is best and what's being told to him in dreams. And I'm sorry, but I just think, again, we go back, we so trust Melisandre And Jojen is just this boy, young boy, that, is he interpreting his dreams correctly? Is he being misled? If Melisandre can be misled in the flames, then possibly he could be as well. But real quickly, as they go into the godswood, there is power in living wood, a power strong as fire. So the werewoods, living wood, things that live, I mean, again, they, they, they look dead, right? But, um... It was just interesting whether you're talking about the your your green power or firepower or ice power, whatever it is you, you, you want to talk about, there's power in this forest. And he talks about the soil, the water, and so on, and how it kind of kept the fire at bay. And it's just another connection to these, these uh forces, people who are using power just to push their own agenda, really, is I think what George is saying. So
1: yeah. Yeah, no, it it, it is interesting because. Because it does often feel, and this is something we get into much more in *A Storm of Swords*, is Jojen's conversation that he'll have with Bran on their journey north. How, it's like, how do they know where to go? How does how do they know where to go to to find the 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 three eyed
0: the three eyed crow? I Matt, I did a read through, so I did a point of view read through, and this might be interesting for us to try because I did a point of view read through of brand. And the whole time I was just like, Jojen, you don't know. I, I was reading it more and more and I, I just kept going like, wait, why? Like when I when I only read brand and I didn't get distracted by other chapters and I just focused on that single run through, I thought to myself, brand questions, Jojen questions uh, himself sometimes, Mira questions a little bit. So that's either evidence to say like, okay, maybe maybe they are questioning, whereas Melisandre is, is you know overly confident in her own visions and, and premonitions that that's her issue. And maybe since they are being more cautious and questioning things, they're on the right path. I don't know. I just, I am just not so sure about the three eyed crow. I'm not so sure he's a good guy. I, I think again, there's neither good guys or bad guys, right? That's what I have to get get outside of my mind because I, I read a lot of high fantasy, whereas you, you either serve the light or you serve the dark and there is no in between. There's a lot of in between in this series because the if you if you have if you can tap into one of three powers, whether it's uh, ice, fire, or green magic, it's it's using it for your own gain. It's not some higher lord or destiny or whatever. It's just like you're just using it to acquire more land. And a lot of what George writes about is people coming across the arm the arm of Dorne. And then in, in Legends, it was like they used green power to break the, you know, to bring the hammers down and, and to, to break that arm of Dorn because they were the children. They didn't want people coming into their land. And then, you know, you've got relore and, and you've got uh, fire magic spreading and things like that. It's, and it's just it's magic you can tap into and it's how you use it and what you use it for, I think, is what I'm more and more coming towards. Yeah, there is no R'hllor. Wow. Wow. The old gods aren't real, okay.
1: Um, so all right, so again, guys, this chapter it's really short. There's, I mean, the summary kind of really does some, it is almost as long as the chapter itself, to be entirely honest. Um, so that's ultimately where we go is that Brian is they're going in different directions. Rickon is going to Skagos, we don't even see or hear about Rickon again for a long time until Manderly brings it up right. And to house man. And so it's like, what even happens to him? Also, how he makes his way, somehow he makes his way to Skagos. Uh, So there's that. So, okay. As I think we move over to just sort of the last little segment we're going to do today, which is just sort of to talk about the entire book since we've now just finished it, a clash of Kings. Mm -hmm. And what did you like? What didn't you like? uh, What, was there any storylines we would have liked to see more of less
0: of yeah yeah I've, I've always said in this in this book i really do like the king rob the young wolf love it freaking love it and it's such it's such a setup for what will be a terrible terrible moment later on uh catlin tully love love catlin um really i used to when i first read this i got bogged down in the tyrion stuff i'm glad we i'm glad that we we do the rereads and we go back and you and i've read it numerous times now we've gone back through just because you read ahead then you come back okay which chapter are we doing we read it again but there's so many there's so much stuff buried in and around king's landing that's where he really does the politics right that's where it's like there's a there's a shift in writing style between all of the small little houses that that uh funnel in food and resources that you have to keep close you start to learn that like okay cersei needs some of these individuals on her small council or around her because if they're if there's a blockade or a siege they they need resources they need food and so that whole area of the crown lands like it's it's important then when you shift over to like winterfell and stuff they're just like so far away from everything else that it's all about magic and prophecy and and you know that kind of stuff it's 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 different things brand having dreams the three-eyed crow and you're like that kind of stuff doesn't really it's not in king's landing right i mean not as much um it will be to, to some aspect but it's it just seems like he does more of that in one region um less of it in another and it's another kind of uh cool thing it's like there's a bit for every there's you know you can get carried away with all that uh knighthood stuff and all of the you know, rising up in rank or get caught up in who the heck is Bloodraven, and who's the Three Eyed yeah. Crow stuff.
1: Yeah. So for so for me, I mean, the big difference between this book and even the first book of Game of Thrones is the introduction of lore. That's how this whole thing starts. On the and, and the rise of Stannis Baratheon is a brand new thread. Theon, uh, we only get a few Theon chapters, but. Uh, we get to see the split and the sort of the introduction of Balon Greyjoy and a little bit more of their uh, setup. This is the, in, the beginning of Euron and where that's all going to come from. And getting to see, to me, the, again that I think that the that the Greyjoys, not Theon, but certainly Balon Greyjoy, is just a moron in that he thinks he can sort of take over or do any damage to anyone. I still, to this day, have read the series the entire time, and I don't understand what his plan is or what his plan was. Yeah, he's yeah calling. Yeah. I think he just wants to be independent. Is ultimately what it is. Is he just wants to be an independent king? Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I'll just continue to raid your. Like, what is, is his expectation that he's just going to raid the villages and they should just be okay with it? I. I he has, yeah. he has, he has no, pl- I mean, is his plan to conquer Westeros? I, 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 mean, like, I, people, know. I don't, I don't understand what his, what his goal and purpose is. Yeah, And so I, I always, I'm still to this day, always just baffled by, by grey Greyjoy.
0: Well, someone, I forget, at
1: least, at least Euron and Victorian have a plan. We're going to go get Daenerys Targaryen. We may not even yeah. need her because Euron's just a crazy commander and, that's somebody who I could see conquer Westeros
0: and Essos. I could see it. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, too, it's like uh there's such a there's there's a shift there, right? So you could have Balin could have had an alliance with King Rob. That would have been everything. Yes. That would have been everything, dude. Oh my god, it's over at that point. It's over, but he doesn't do it. Now later on, his brothers will say, Yeah, we need to ally with danny get some dragons get get you know expand the fleet even more and so on make a marriage alliance so they're okay to do it there it's it's okay to do it you know with with um with danny maybe because of it's maybe because of the marriage thing i don't know but i, I it mean it's probably yeah i, don't I mean know. if
1: if balon Greyjoy had had allied himself with rob stark because the starks do not care about anything else outside of the north no yeah you could have been like take you King, be take casterly rock
0: have it Matt, Matt, I guarantee you, King Rob would have been like, you want to be your own thing, you go right ahead. You wanna rule whatever you got there, whatever you got from the other side, not 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 River Run, right? Not you know, there's tons of the other reach, stuff.
1: You the yeah. reach, you want the exactly. reach, you want Castle Rock, exactly King's Landing storms, or have just any of it.
0: Be your own, be your own thing, do your own thing, go back to the rating That's fine. Just don't ever come to my shores. Don't ever come over there, like like just leave us alone, or we'll be at odds. And just kind of leave it on this tentative little peace agreement. Let let right. time go by, and that's something that's that I happens.
1: And that's something that happens quite a bit in this book, because then we can shift gears and talk about Renly and Stannis. Right. And it's like, my God, if you, if you guys had allied, you would have just. The crazy well, thing about the crazy thing about this this book, I would say the craziest thing, is that somehow the Lannisters come out on top.
0: Yeah. Somehow, somehow, they come.
1: How yes. the Lannisters <laughs> come out on top. Great. There's a, there's a war started in which Balon Greyjoy is over here, and he can easily go take and attack Castly Rock. Rob Stark is pushing from the north. The Vale's just chilling out, doing its own thing. The River Run is in and the north are, are pushing down, and then you have Stannis and Renly challenging as well. We're all five kings. And somehow the Lannisters
0: still, ma- still make it. It's crazy, man. And th- then you throw in, you know, Catelyn letting Jamie go. I mean, one of the biggest pieces you have right there. It's a huge piece. Tywin is, like, his family and his legacy, it's a big freaking deal. Cersei will do, uh, she's almost, like, irrational when it comes to her children and her brother. I mean, she'll, she'll do stuff that she just should not do. Uh, yeah, so you, they had everything stacked against him. And somehow, treachery inside of the North. You know, Bolton treachery. Uh, treachery from from Theon. And then just, uh, again, Stannis being bullheaded. You know, one of the things about the Iron, iron Islands is uh, there, it's the whole Iron Price thing. It's their their way of life. We're not going to abandon this just because, you know, well, it hadn't gotten you anywhere, Balin. It hasn't gotten you anywhere. It's literally got you slapped down and your son taken from you uh, and was a ward for, for Eddard Stark. Like, I think George is kind of showing us in some of his writing that, like, Sometimes when you just hold on to something because it's tradition and it's your way of life and it has gotten you nowhere, you might want to reevaluate that and look at it and say, is this really a good thing? Why? I mean, am I holding on to it for what reason? Is, is it good? Should I maybe consider changing it up a little bit here? Because his brothers definitely did. They have a different strategy. Yeah. Um, okay. Shifting
1: gears here to another character. I just want to talk about um, talk about a major departure, really, for a character. And I think, I think this is, this is something I think um, it picks up a little bit more, obviously, in A Dance of Dragons and certainly A Storm of Swords is Daenerys in that I just did the math. So in A Game of Thrones, including the prologue, there are 73 chapters and Daenerys has 10, which is around 13%. But Daenerys is referenced a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of the chapters. So even though she does feel far away, she is brought up quite a bit in other chapters with uh, King, uh, with um, Robert, Robert Baratheon. Yeah, King Robert talking about her and talking about how she's a threat. And so really, it, you could almost make an argument that she's, you know, probably a, she's probably like 15 to 20 percent of that book whereas in a clash of kings she does have longer chapters but she only has five chapters yeah in a clash of kings and she's not really referenced as much in this book as she was in a game of thrones
0: yeah yeah and i get because again this is a clash of kings and she is 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 a future queen yeah it's like it's the whole focus is on on Westeros way more than it is, is Essos. I mean, there's enough that we keep the storyline going, but you're right. It's a good point. And
1: then her chapters. So her chapters, obviously the biggest thing is, you know, the chapter one is them sort of walking around, right? The desert. (laughs) I mean, um, and we know she has dragons now. uh, And then ultimately are the big one is the house. Then dying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's where I said too. you don't get like some of that stuff in, in King's Landing, you're not getting visions and premonitions and stuff like that. You're getting little tiny bits about characters that might be magical and maybe former prophecies or uh, dragon dreams with with Tyrion or stuff with um, Cersei and, uh, you know, the queen that's going to whatever undo her, which actually comes up later. Some of that stuff does. But right now you're getting all this in Essos and in the north in terms of uh, dragon dreams or prophecies. uh Pyatt Pri is is an interesting guy. All that stuff is, is crazy. That stuff that happens in the House of the Undying is, is nuts. And people still don't have it all figured out. Because so yeah, yeah, you know. And as you said,
1: the big the big focus of this book is basically King's Landing, what's going on there, um, which you can even start with, you know, Sansa chapters. So Sansa has eight chapters, Tyrion has 15 chapters. And again, what's what's 15 divided by what 70? I mean that's 21% with just Tyrion. Yeah. And then 8 divided by 70 11. So you're talking 36% not including the Davos chapters that sort of revolve around King's Landing or some yeah. of the Catlin chapters that revolve around talking around Jaime Lannister, so it even sort of feels like what's going on in King's Landing. So yeah, this book is heavy heavy on sort of King's Landing, what's going on there. Then our other focus, as we, we talked about Theon a little bit, is Aria is Aria feel This is where mm. her journey begins, where she is out on the road. Mm-hmm. And we're going to yeah. be getting a little bit of that. And then even some of that is her serving as cupbearer for, well, Bruce Bolton. But then, right. uh, you know, t- uh, Tywin shows up as well uh, to Hall. So we get a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, her story. That one also feels just so... It's different perspectives. That. Yeah, it's like it's it's she's in down with like the servants and the cooks and those who are being tortured, and you're getting more of the real. Uh, you're getting to see through her eyes real war and how it affects the countryside is what is what that seems like, and then you get the 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 lords talking above that, right? So Arya's been underneath all of it, and she's always dirty in the show and depicted as running around just in in the muck of it, right? So. yeah Yeah. and then um
1: john's story and then i'll come back to what the what i was going to talk about last john's story it i is done is done very well uh he has he has eight john has eight chapters so he's spread pretty evenly throughout and we get a we start to begin a little bit more of the north meet craster and then we get his shift of with corn half and now we're and now we're set up to go be with Mance raider which is really cool since he was built up to be such a big deal
0: yeah i, I like that you mentioned the, the chapter numbers because there's eight there would you say four or five for danny so our two main characters you can just read a handful of chapters 10 to 13 chapters and you've got their arc done in the story and yes. and then you can just you can actually do those two characters bounce back and forth between the books like read john read danny go to the next book read john read danny and so on and just rinse and repeat and you can get through, you'll find some interesting, like the, what when we started to find the connection with Danny and the bells and some of the stuff that was, um, oh gosh, uh, the madness that was, uh, referenced, um, a couple other things that I got, I have to go back and look at my book. I'm all underlined, but I started noticing reoccurring phrases and lines and, and words and terminology around her character. And you're like, well, cheesy cow, that's right. where a point of view read is really helpful. Yeah, and some of these characters, Daenerys especially, um,
1: Daenerys's first 15 chapters, which is a Game of Thrones and a Storm of Swords, or a Clash of Kings, excuse me, you can pretty much read independently because it's not mm-hmm. like she has any overlap. So some of yeah. these characters have overlap where if you want to get their story, you have to go back. Like in a Game of Thrones, some of the Arya chapters are really Sansa chapters, and some of the Sansa chapters, you know, because they're bickering or whatever. Right. And they'll go back and forth, just like in A Clash of Kings, there's a little bit of Sansa and Tyrion. There's a little mm-hmm. overlap, mm-hmm. a little overlap there. So you'd have to get that as well. So um, now I'll come back here and I'll talk about what I actually think is, pro- to me, is the coolest part of A Clash of Kings is starting at around chapter 57 and going to chapter 62. And that is the Battle of the Blackwater. And just the way that it's told in this back and forth, between all of these different viewpoints and you know we uh sansa and everyone's getting ready for the battle then we cut to davos and then we cut to Tyrion, and everything just blew up but still they feel like they're gonna lose then we cut back to sansa inside and cersei's talking about and Ellen Payne's there and we're talking about well we might be taking poison and not giving them the mm-hmm. opportunity mm-hmm. and so then we cut back to sansa and everything seems to be you know Okay, we won. So it's a, it's a very, very interesting uh, block of chapters.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. I do like the different, um, uh, it feels like a roller coaster ride. You're not sure who's going to win and your are in your first read, you're like, wow, this is, I'm all over the place. Like who's going to come out on top here? You really feel like it's going to be Stannis, even though Davos is suffering. Well, he suffers heavily and then you think, okay, we're done. And then Stannis is pushing in. You're like, well, shoot, he's, all right, you know, Tyrion's like, we don't have this under control. Cersei's like, we're going to kill ourselves. I mean, yeah, you're right. It is kind of all over the place. No one, no one knows the chaos of war and battle that he's trying to amplify.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that is it. That's it. We, we have finished a clash of Kings. Let's go. Let's freaking go, man. Yeah. It feels good. It feels really good. I'm, I'm happy that we're going to dive off into um, fire and blood and, and kind of just, you know, go back, touch on the histories. I'm excited for A Storm of Swords. I probably will in my spare time, whenever that is. We're reading so many different things. But I do like doing the the point of view read-throughs. And if you guys are interested in theorizing and checking in on some old theories, I would encourage you, especially in that story, to pick one and just go. You know, just pick John or pick Danny or pick whoever and just roll right on with their story and see what you get. Because it's a it's a lot of fun. I, I did that. Uh, I did that for this book, um, as well as going chapter by chapter. And it just... Um, can show you quite a bit, so.
1: Yeah, and I think I think um, some of the characters who that's easiest to do, Daenerys, I think, is by far the easiest character to yeah. do a point of view read on because you don't begin to get any overlap until like A Dance of Dragons. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. almost none. You get almost none. So she's, I think, the easiest to sort of do. Uh, John is also pretty easy because, again, so think about the characters who are sort of isolated. John is relatively easy. Um, He starts to get some overlap as you get towards a Feast for um, or a Dance of Dragons. Uh, He'll Mm -hmm. have some overlap a little bit as well. He does have some as well in a Feast for Crows with Sam. Then you get Mm -hmm. some of the Samwell Tarly uh, chapters sort of do that as well. So uh, pretty interesting. Arya is pretty Arya. Yeah. The Game of Thrones is really about the only time she has much overlap. And then it's sort of you can just read hers. But then just be warned because some characters like Theon, well, then you have to start reading Reek chapters. So Mm -hmm. the the name sort of changes. Like there's a Cat of the Canals chapter. That's an Arya chapter.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. I, I I highly recommend people try it and uh see what you think let us know read us a raven tell us what you thought of it and if you found anything interesting those um that uh you know those themes or phrases or words that are associated with one or one character
1: yeah absolutely so awesome all right guys well with that um we want to thank you and uh, we're, let me oh, let me break this down here before, I guess, I, before we do our official outro. So we're going to be doing Fire and Blood next time. The chapter Heirs of the Dragon. It's about a two-hour audiobook chapter. And it's also really long if you're reading the text. So we're going to go about halfway through that. So we're going to do this chapter in two parts. Uh, Heirs of the Dragon, A Question of Succession. So if you're listening to the audiobook, it's around 57 minutes. If you're reading the text, it's right before the tourney in which they are named. Once they come out of it, it's the blacks and the greens. So it's about halfway through the chapter. So if you want, uh, anyway, so as always, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Fire and Blood, Heirs of the Dragon, A Question of Succession Part 1.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us that raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
1: We will see you next time, and remember that winter is coming.